Dave and Ryan's movie review, take 12, and action. Everyone loves going to the movies. And while some are amazing, some are awful. Fortunately, we have Dave and Ryan, two guys with nothing better to do than watch movies of today and movies of yesterday. So get your popcorn ready, silence your phones, and relax, because the show is about to begin. Cue Dave and Ryan in 3, 2, 1. It's Dave and Ryan's Movie Review. Sponsored by Nobody. Welcome into another episode of Dave and Ryan's Movie Review right here. I'm Dave. And I'm Ryan. And uh, 12 shows. We've put together 12 shows. That's, uh, that's surprising. It's really surprising that they, you know, still I'm keep I'm honestly pl- surprised you haven't tried to kill me. Well, or that they still let us do this. Yeah. Either way, it works out pretty well. Uh, you know what? Had a good week. You had fun last week. I did. Uh, so we, we did kind of a best of show last week, but this week... All back, all brand new stuff. We're going to, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some things. So right here, we got to get going first with This Week in Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard, the place of glitz, glamour, and dreams. Just kidding. This place is a dump. That's why Dave and Ryan come here each week. You get the news from Hollywood without fearing for your life on the Walk of Fame. It's This Week in Hollywood. All right, so I think first thing we need to say is that it doesn't seem like anybody cares about the writers and the actors' strike anymore. No, not really. You don't hear a lot about it. Like, you do, like, at the very end of, like, um, the news segment or something. Oh, by the way, this is still going on. Yeah, and, and so to, to, uh, the other day, this and this was an interesting thing that came out because he kind of pointed the finger at both sides. I, I liked how he played both sides. But the gentleman's name is Joaquim Ronig, and he is a director. He's the director of the new Tron movie that they're supposed to be making. Uh, and he posted on his Instagram the other day, that they were supposed to start production that day. And he said, uh, however, we are shut down with over 150 people laid off due to the WGA SAG-AFRA strikes. It's indefinite, which makes it exponentially harder for everyone. He then urged the AMPTPSA... Sorry. He then urged the AMPTP, SAG-AFTRA, and WGA that they need to speed up the negotiation process and not leave the table until it's done. And this was the telling part. He says, we get deals done for breakfast. This is Hollywood. We do, And suddenly all we have... My God, read it. It's right in front of you. This is Hollywood. We close deals for breakfast. Why do we suddenly have all the time in the world when every day is so precious? These tactics are extremely frustrating. It's time for diplomacy so we can get back to work under conditions that are fair to everybody. And I I think that's right. I think what he said, there's no, he's not taking one side over the other. Yeah, I, I can see where he's coming from. But, you know, this, does, this doesn't have to do with just, you know, wages and stuff like that. You know, it's the whole AI aspect that they're considering, you know, um, you know, doing voiceovers, we do that here in the studio. We use AI for that. Uh, they do uh, AI to help uh, edit videos, uh, do all the sort of effects and stuff like that. So AI plays a big part, and it can uh, eliminate jobs, which is what they're mainly fighting for. And 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 as we've said in the past about this strike, 
uh, this strike is coming at a very, very bad time for Hollywood. Yeah. Where, you know, safe from maybe Barbie and Oppenheimer, they really did not have a good summer. Well, I guess Super Mario. Yeah, Mario was was decent. Mario did did fairly well for them, but they just haven't had a big, great summer. And there have been a lot of movies that they paid too much for that are never going to recoup what they paid for them. Oh, no. And it's it's just one thing after another. And not working, as far as that is concerned, isn't going to make anybody happy. No, not at all. All right, speaking of Barbie, she's making history yet again. You go, girl. Barbie overtook The Dark Knight as the highest-grossing domestic release for Warner Brothers Discovery. I am Barbie. She's no kidding. <laughs> Barbie has earned $537,390,865, surpassing the Batman Begins sequel's so good for her. Yeah. There will be sequels. Oh, yes. <laughs> there will be sequels. I can't wait for the Ken movie. The Ken movie. It's got The next one's got to be called the Ken movie, right? Yeah. Or Malibu Barbie. Well, maybe. But yeah, Ken's got to have his own movie here pretty soon, I would think. <laughs> All right. And speaking of that, let's go ahead and look at the box office from last weekend. Uh, that The first one on our drop there is The Last Voyage of the Demeter came in at number five. I really want to see this movie. It looks really interesting. It's not just like a horror movie. It's uh, kind of like the origins of uh, uh, Dracula. It is, and so I, I kind of want to see that one. Anyway, in its first week, didn't do too well, $6.5 million. Um, number four... Meg to the Trench with $12.8 million. That's a total of $54.2 million. They got knocked all the way back from number two last yeah, week. And it's interesting. Back into the trench. It's interesting who took number two. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, number three this week, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, $15.2 million. Brings it total to $72.3 million. And Oppenheimer comes up from three and takes back number two. With 18.8. Oh, the comeback kid. That's right. $264.2 million, and everybody thought that that movie was going to bomb. <laughs> I Thanks. see what you did there. I see, what I, I see what I did, too. And, of course, number one was Barbie with $33.8 million. The You know, they say this is the week that she gets uncrowned. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But she is slowly kind of starting to, to taper off a little yeah. bit. And the, and the movie that they say is going to uncrown her is the movie that we've reviewed today, and, and, and we're going to talk about that coming up in just a moment. I, I think that's going to be a, a hard fought fight for that. It will be. We'll see what happens. All right. So once again, before we get into it, we've got two great segments we're going to talk about today. Of course, we're going to have the movie review with Blue Beetle. Then we're going to talk about, since you know The Meg came out, and things, movies with water creatures in them. And these aren't necessarily all horror movies. No. There's some comedies in there, those kinds of things. And then we'll close out the show with twist endings that are not... M. Night Shyamalan. There you go. So before we get to all that, we got to do an honest movie review. It's now time for another honest movie review. Today, we stay in 2023 and look at the horror slasher flick, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and honey. You know, you're the first person I ever shown this place to. And why am I so special? Because soon we'll be Christopher and Mary Robin. We should be close now. We're not going to find them. We will. 
Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore. We were friends for many years and they're out there. Christopher, we need to leave. Now. When I heard about this movie, I thought, great. Finally, a horror flick I can take the kids to. Boy, was I wrong. The only way this movie could have turned out worse would be with the addition of a Tom Green cameo. Can't wait to speak with you again next week. All right, I haven't seen that movie, but it doesn't even sound good it to me. It sounds so bad. It does, but here's the funnier <laughs> thing. They've already greenlit a sequel. Oh, what's that <laughs> so one? So the upcoming called? sequel, Blood and Honey 2, really, really well thought out, uh, will include Winnie the Pooh wielding a chainsaw, offering fans even more blood and gore than before. He doesn't have fingers. Uh, I don't, I'll figure out he has a way. thumbs and then like round little paws. Yeah, you want to you want to drive your you want to make you go crazier. Uh, the director, Reese Frake Waterfield plans to expand the fairy tale horror universe with such films like Bambi, The Reckoning, <laughs> and Peter Pan's Neverland Nightmare with possible crossovers in the future. Somebody needs to take this guy into a mental institution and have him checked out. Well, yeah, I I didn't want to say anything. So <laughs> I'm saying it right now. All right, so we're going to step away. When we come back, we're going to be talking about The Blue Beetle right here, so stick around. Everyone on set, shut up. Shut up. These two buffoons are about to talk about a new release. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment one, action. What's more exciting than a brand new release to the movie theater? According to Dave and Ryan, nothing. They're the first to see it, so you're the first to hear about it. And this week's latest release is DC's Blue Beetle. An alien scarab chooses a college graduate to be its symbolic host, bestowing him with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary and unpredictable powers. Let's see what Dave and Brian think of DC's latest effort in Blue Beetle, which is playing nationwide. All right, so as we do every week, we went and saw a new movie, and this week it was Blue Beetle. Now, before we get going... Blue Beetle is a DC Comics property, okay? That's going to play into this here in just a little bit. Uh, starring Zolo Merduena, he is from Cobra Kai, uh, Bruna Marguesin, uh, George Lopez, and Susan Sarandon. Rated PG-13, two hours and seven minutes. Now, as I said, this is a DC property. The first time we saw the Blue Beetle in the comics was way back in 1930. Nine. That's how long he has been around. And not a lot of people have heard of him. Obviously, he's been hiding under a rock because, I, yeah, like you said, I've never heard of the Blue Beetle. And the funny thing was, is uh, when, this, when they first started talking about this and we were talking about going and seeing this movie, uh, the one thing that I know about the Blue Beetle is he's really tough to beat in the Injustice video game. <laughs> so, uh, And then the first Jaime Reyes story, who is the character in this one, uh, showed up on shelves about 2011. Okay, so, so trying to get that younger crowd, I guess. A little bit of a younger crowd. And honestly, this movie, yes, it's about him becoming the Blue Beetle. 
but it mostly, I would say, is about family. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, like a, a family-oriented movie. It truly is, and it, it talks about the family unit and keeping the family unit together, and they can do everything and and this, that, and the other. It all starts with uh, Jaime comes back from law school, and he went to Gotham Law School, by the way. Yep, if that Gotham sets, Law School. If that sets off Gotham any City. buzzers, that's right. <laughs> Uh, he goes, comes back, and uh, of course, like most kids that have a high, uh, now college degree, he can't find a job. Yeah, no job at all. So he takes a job working as a houseboy. Yeah, let's he's say scrubbing bubble gum off the to, bottom yeah, of the chairs. That like the lowest level. Anyway, um, come to find out that he is working for Victoria Cord, played by Susan Sarandon, and and we talked about that. It was good to see her in a movie, even though. She is not a very nice person in this one. No, she is definitely a bad, bad person. She is in charge of Cord Industries, and, you know, every superhero movie has to have an evil corporation that the uh, the villain is in charge of. It's the only way it works. So she has a niece, and her niece does not agree with anything that she has done, and she decides that she is going to steal the Blue Beetle Scarab. And you'll find out more about that as the movie goes on, how she knows about it and all these things. Uh, Things go down. Uh, She ends up giving this to uh, Jaime. He takes it home. And... um no, 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 she doesn't just like give it to him, you know. She you no, know, it's in duress. She, she's trying she, she, to she steal it. She stole the beetle, and the building's being locked down, and she asks him to hide it for her. So it's not as like, oh hey, I got it, this for you. Hide it. Don't look at yeah, it. Don't open it. Don't touch it. And so, of course, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to open it, and I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to touch it. Exactly. And everybody would have done that. Yeah, that's right. Don't ever say anything <laughs> like that. And as he does, the scarab decides that it likes him and it attaches himself literally yeah it chose him it chooses him and then the whole story begins and kind of takes off from yeah, there I, I really like how it, George Lopez's his character s- describes how the beetle got inside him yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah you'll figure that out um, you know and and George Lopez is pretty good in this movie I must say he looks really weird but he does he does a really good job yeah and and we were talking as the movie was progressing and we're thinking okay if, if this movie goes anywhere uh, George Lopez is gonna be the bat the the Alfred in this yeah, movie. yeah he's like this like they give like no background on his character but he's like some sort of tech wizard yes but and when you come to find out about uh the the one girl's uh, dad, it kind of starts to become a little bit of a Batman story. Yeah. He's into tech, and he builds his own tech. And, and so I, I would say that, you know, if we see more of him, George Lopez is your Alfred character. Uh, the grandmother has some explaining to do. Yeah, she she went off the chains there at the end. So, But as far as a superhero movie goes, it, it has everything. It has a sense of family. You have to have a sense of loss. You have to have a villain that runs a major evil corporation that's up to no good with what it is that he has. Yeah. And it has all this. And there were even moments that this movie reminded me a little of a Marvel movie because it is not really as dark as a regular DC movie. Yeah, it had, you know, it had his marvelous moments. Uh there you know, compared to DC that's just so dark. Mhm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, you know, this movie, it was, I would say it was good. It could have been better, but it could have been a lot worse <clears throat> flash, but overall it was a good movie. Well, and you know, the other part of it is the fact that, 
Um, I, I, I think, and I made this comment to you when we got done seeing it, in a different climate as far as movies right now, because the climate that we're in for movies is not good. Okay, it's just not because people are just not going out to the theaters. They're not responding to them, those kinds of things. I think in a different climate, this could have been one of those big summer fun blockbuster type movies. Yeah, you know, uh, COVID definitely had a uh, thing to do with the way we watch movies now. We're too used to just, you know, staying home and watching it online. Um, You know, we're slowly getting back into the theaters, Uh, you know, Mario was a very good one at the beginning of the summer. And then, you know, we've had a few other uh, hits where Barbie is a great example. People going and then going again and going again. So I think we're slowly coming back to where we were. I don't think it's going to pick up any, you know, any steam right now. Um, You know, we have the holidays coming up, which is usually a big uh, movie release time, especially around Christmas. I know uh, Wonka, we saw Wonka was coming coming out. out. So. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the movies do during the holidays. And, and as I was saying, this movie, though, I think it would have been a great, fun blockbuster movie. Yeah. And I think, and it's just because of, of the way I feel about it, I, there may be people that'll do this. Um, not to the extent that they've done with Barbie. I think that there are people out there that may go see this a second time or a third time. Yeah, I think there's people out there that will go see it a few a few times. I'm probably not one of them. I might go see it. I might watch it again after it comes out on video or, or not video on digital or whatever. But uh, I probably won't go see it in theaters unless, I, you know, a big group of us are like, oh, let's go see Blue Beetle. So it was a fun movie. There is a post credit scene. There's two of them. But don't wait for the second one. Yeah, the second one was so bad. Yeah, and we it waited to see the whole it thing. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> but the first one's pretty good. Yeah, after the first mid credit scene, get up and leave. And leave, that's right. So at the end of the day, I gave this one right here, I gave it four popcorn buckets out of five. I had fun. I enjoyed the movie. I tried to look at it from a more critical angle, but this is, you know, and... and you're getting mixed signals from it because people are saying that James Gunn is saying this is the beginning of the DC universe of his DC universe, but we don't know if we'll see him in it anymore or, or what, but yeah. it was a fun movie. It really truly it, was. It, it was a, it was a good movie. Um, I, I gave it uh, three popcorn buckets out of five. Um, Cause like I said earlier, um, it could have been better, but it could have been a lot worse. So, you know, it was a really good movie for what um, basically, for the time we're in right now, it's you know I don't think it's going to be a giant blockbuster like Barbie or anything like that, but I think it'll do well. I think it will do well. All right, so once again, Blue Beetle, go see it. It's at the Price Theater over at the King Cole Theater. We've got Barbie. We have a brand new one called Talk to Me that looks like it would scare the bejesus out yeah, of Ryan. I don't want to go see that. And then we also have Meg to the Trench still. So go out. There's plenty of different choices for movies this weekend. Go out and uh, see them and go have some fun. Go see a movie. All right. So coming up, our first segment, we're going to talk about water movies that are creatures. Creatures in water movies. Okay. And as we said, not necessarily all of them are horror movies, but some of them are. So you stay right where you're at. Hey, idiots. We're back from commercial. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment two, and action. 
One thing that Hollywood has done a terrific job of is making us terrified of the water. Anytime we see a movie about water, we know someone is hidden eaten. And we pretty much know what the outcome will be before we even see the movie. Yet, we continue to pile into theaters or sit down on the couch and tune in to creature movies. Some are good, some are bad, and some are very, eh. Dave and Ryan, tell us, which ones do you enjoy? It's all about water creature water movies. Water creatures! We, we felt like since the Meg was out, we, we could talk about some of these. And as I said, not all of them are horror movies. Nope. Some of them are actually just like an action movie. Uh, some of them are wholesome. comedies. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start off right out of the gate with two movies that are pretty similar. If you look at them, Ryan just showed me a YouTube video, and uh, I'll be damned if it's not. Uh, Splash and The Shape of Water. Let's start with Splash. Yeah. You know, you got Tom Hanks. Who lo doesn't love Tom Hanks? It's me, Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. That was a horrible Tom Hanks impression, but don't judge me. But yeah, you know, it's a story about. Uh, a mermaid that gets captured by this science team and they're going to do experiments on them. And, uh, Tom Hanks, friend works for the, the company and basically they, he falls in love, ends up freeing her. And that's exactly what happens in the shape of water, except for the roles are reversed instead of a mermaid. It's a, uh, it's a sea creature, uh, kind of like a rather creature of the black lagoon. Yeah. yeah kind of like that, you know, and, a. And a woman who is a janitor at the facility, she ends up falling in love with him. Uh, but just like in both mo uh, in the Splash, both movies, um, they basically uh, spring uh, the mermaid and the sea creature, put them in a bathtub at the house, salt in the tub. Ah, uh, they're happy, yay! But you know they need to get back to the ocean, and so they go back to the water. They jump in. They you know. Tom Hanks' character, and I can't remember um, her, uh, the character's name in The Shape of Water, but they both basically jump in after because they love them. And then they kiss underwater, and then magically they can breathe, and now they're a part of their world. That's right. And Okay, so let's, let's pick them apart. Uh, first, let's start with Splash. I, I loved the movie Splash when it first came out back in 1984. Uh, it was one of the first Disney movies that I can remember because it was a touchstone release, but it was still a Disney movie at the core of it. Yeah, it, that, it, it wasn't you know it wasn't the flagship brand, but it was right. one of their one of their you know under the skirt companies. But it had nudity in it. <laughs> Why did you whisper that? <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, uh, but yeah, as you said, Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah, and this movie does not work without Tom Hanks' brother played by John Candy. Yeah, it just does <laughs> it not. Does not work. <laughs> Never seen a guy made love to a fish before. <laughs> There's that one, and then when they're playing, one of my favorite scenes in that movie is is when they're playing racquetball, and John Candy says, "You about to be humiliated," and he hits the ball, and it comes back and hits him right in the head and knocks him out. Yeah. That's, you know, but yeah, it works, and it's John Candy that makes that whole thing put together and makes that whole thing He's work. Definitely the comic relief in it. Definitely, and as you said, we have the happy ending at the end of it. Um, Shape of Water. As I said, I've never seen it. Um, sounds like you have, yes. But uh, it does not look to me like Michael Shannon is a very nice person in this movie. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's as you said, it's the same premise. Yeah, it's very you know. It's, uh, if you go, if you Google, um, what was it? Splash, Splash versus versus uh, Shape of Water. You'll you'll find the video, and there's a few scenes they do si side by side comparisons. And yes, it's it's very very similar. All right. So next up is the movie that made everyone afraid to go back yeah, in the water. Yeah, it made me. Jaws. Yeah. Um, this movie 
is frightening if you're a little kid when this thing oh came yeah out. oh jaws one and two oh my gosh um steven spielberg went over the top and there are still people out there that to this day say that this movie in particular you brought up jaws 2 but they bring up jaws in particular is one of the maybe 50 perfect movies that have ever been done yeah you, you know a uh, fun fact about this movie when it was released it was rated R, uh-huh. but back uh, around uh, early 2000s, um, they kind of revamped the rating system, and it actually uh, was PG-13. They got a PG-13 rating. Um, some great lines from this, and probably the one that everybody will remember is, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> uh, there, there's another one. Um, you can't. I can't say it on the radio, but he, he, he needs a smile. <laughs> <laughs> and the other the other kind of cool thing about Jaws is where the first one is set. Yeah, it's in... Uh, Amity. Yeah. Amity, New York. The same place of the Amityville Horror. <laughs> so you had to know it was going to translate into the water eventually, right? Yeah. yeah. Then, you know, you got the one sea world that was just so bad. Don't watch we that We don't want to talk about those. We don't want to talk about them. All right, so Jaws, great movie. If you've never seen it, find it somewhere. And definitely watch that one. This one I'm not too familiar with is Crawl. Crawl, Crawl. That's about uh, alligators. Okay. Yeah, a uh, small town. I believe. Not sure. I think it was either Louisiana or one of, one of the southern states. Uh, the town gets flooded, and then they're trying to. Uh, there's some bad guys trying to get some jewels, and then you know there's the people trying to stop them. But the, you know there's alligators. That's uh, kind of stalking them. This is a fairly recent movie, isn't it? Um, I believe it was uh, in the 20 teens. Yeah, because I, I can remember sure ex- vaguely. I'm not sure of the exact year. I can vaguely remember hearing it. And you know what? <laughs> the one we didn't really talk about, but if you're going to talk about alligators, you got to talk about Lake Placid. Yeah. Because that movie is just, it is, a, it is scary, but it's a flat out funny movie with Betty White Betty makes White. the whole movie. <laughs> I love her, her line. If I had something, yeah. I would tell you to do something. That's right. <laughs> you know, if you want to know what it is, go on IMDb go and, and look at quotes. Because yeah. yeah, Betty White makes that whole movie. All right. In the heart of the sea, Moby Dick. I think everybody vaguely knows the story of Moby yeah. Dick. This movie came out uh, just a while ago. It has uh, Chris Hemsworth in it and also um, uh, the guy from Spider-Man. Um, uh, Tom... Tom Hayden Church? Tom. Oh, oh, you're talking about the new the new Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland. There we go. We'll get it. It's got uh, both of them in it and um, Chris Hemsworth plays uh, the captain um, uh, Ahab. Ahab. And he's just obsessed with uh, killing Moby Dick, and it, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, like I said, it came out. Um, I think it came. That's out relatively new too. Yeah, it came out just a few years ago, but it's it's a very good movie. Um, if you like the story of Moby Dick, this is a good one to watch. It uh, does a lot of uh, kind of mentally things with uh, Captain Ahab that I didn't know about after when watching it because you know I'll, you know Moby Dick's a giant book, and I'm not gonna. Uh-huh. I can't read words. It's okay. <laughs> you don't read so good. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. So there's that one. Um, Piranha is another frightening movie, and it's an older movie, too. Yes. There 80s, is, maybe? There's, uh, I believe it was 70s, and uh, it was, um, uh, is a f- I believe it was George Lucas or okay. someone else. 
or Steve, maybe it was Steven Spielberg. I don't remember who it was, but one of them uh, was uh, the director of the original Piranha. And then there's been uh, remakes throughout the years. I think there was a re- remake uh, a few years ago as well. You know, there's been Piranha 3D. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you know, basically it's a movie about piranhas in a lake that eat everything. And I, I've i seen the original one. I haven't seen the newer one, so I can't really tell you what those ones are about. But I'm pretty sure it's about piranhas. <laughs> yeah, I would I would guess. It's actually directed by the same guy that directed Gremlins. Yeah, okay, yeah. Joe Dante. Yeah. Um, you know, this was one of those movies that... When you get older and you start watching documentaries about rainforests and and lakes and streams in the lake rainforests, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you start watching Jeremy Wade, it kind of just shoots the piranha theory out of the water, so to speak. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you've ever watched any of those, but it has really nothing. You could just stand and they won't even bother you. Yeah, they're they're, they're more scared of you than. Well, that's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say until they're <laughs> until they're hungry. All right, this one and it's it's more of kind of a a action movie it's 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 just a really good movie it's one of my favorites and it's the abyss yes and i love this movie movie. uh ed harris and i believe it was mary elizabeth master antonio is in this one is is the the lady i believe is her name um i'm not drawing a blank but this movie i'll I'll tell you what it, it all has to do with a group of explorers in the in the ocean that are trying to find out what is going on. There's an anomaly down there and everything, and come to find out, it was aliens all along. Aliens. But this is a great movie. The effects in this movie are oh yeah unbelievable. Um, and if you want to see this one, find it and watch this one. Great. It's, it's an old one, but it's a good one. It is worth it is worth the search wherever yeah, you and find. Actually, that a, one lo- at. a lot of uh, mo- some of the uh, ocean type of movies today. You know, they uh, Abyss is um, kind of um, like their inspiration of right. some of the scenes they do because it obviously, honestly, it was one of the first type of water movies like that because we didn't have a whole lot of um, water movies before that that dealt you know because obviously cameras can't go underwater. So with this movie, you know, they made all the special arrangements and for the cameras and all that to go in. And the thing about this, I, I if I remember right, it used the same technology as T two. Yes, uh, I believe. And it came out James, after. James, James Cameron. Cameron had something to do yeah, with The Abyss. He, I think he was a producer. Yeah. But I'll, it's, as I said, a great movie. And I don't, I mean, Ed Harris is an unbelievable actor. And yes. He's great in this movie. Uh, loved that one. Underwater. Take it away on this one. So uh, Underwater was uh, made a, a few years ago. It has uh, uh, what, uh, Chris, Christine Stewart. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a. Another kind of like abyss type, you know. There's scientists uh, under this, under the, under the sea, uh, working on different projects, and there is um, some sort of a calamity, or uh, I think it was an earthquake or something. That uh, there was an emergency, and they needed to surface. But in order to surface, they had to go from one part of their underwater station to the other and they had to walk across the seafloor so they geared up in there all their diving stuff but um there's a a creature down there that they run into and it uh you know it's a horror movie so the creatures you know eating killing people um if you're into that kind of stuff you'll really like it uh christy's uh Christian Stewart, I can't say your name for some reason, but she did a really good job on this movie. And I think uh, this, you know, the whole Twilight 
is behind her now, and people are you know, see her as more of a serious actor now. So there's Underwater, and then Avatar Way of Water. That was the newest Avatar that just came out not too long ago. Uh, it's on Disney Plus right now. It's doing big business on Disney Plus as far as streaming is concerned. And I, if I can remember right, uh, James Cameron, they've already got all these Avatar movies in the, you know, kind of locked and loaded. Yeah. And he is a he is going to hit, I believe, every element. If I can remember correctly, that if that's what I heard. So this is his his homage to to the way of water and how it all works out. Yeah. So we, you know the the first one was about air. Mm-hmm. So this one's water. So in there, this fire and earth, I guess. Either way, the one thing that I will say about Avatar, Avatar is not really my movies. I've never really gotten into them, but they are beautiful movies to watch oh yeah there's there's you can't take anything away from them uh the one you didn't notice you didn't say anything about and i guess technically it's not a water creatures movie what about sharknado man i hate you (laughs) (laughs) i was bored in a hotel room one day and sharknado was on and i watched it it wasn't wasn't bad but any movie where ian ziering saves the day any any movie where ian ziering saves the day (laughs) I'm all in on that one. All right, coming up, we're going to be talking about twist endings that are not M. Night Shyamalan. So stick around. All right, imbeciles. Everyone quiet down. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment three, and action. I love a good twist ending, like the one where the all-American boy plays college football, goes on to win an Olympic medal, marries a beauty queen, divorces her, marries a Kardashian, gets a television series, and then becomes a woman? Trust me, in a hundred years, the Bruce Jenner story will shock audiences. But until that movie is made, Dave and Ryan have picked a few of their own favorite movies with twist endings. All right, so for this one, you know what? It, there are so many movies that could fall into this, so we've just picked a few. But it's all going to be about twist endings that are not done by M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. Because you, you can't talk about an M. Night Shyamalan movie without a twist yeah, ending. Yeah, he is the king of twist endings. He is Even the, if some of the movies he's made aren't that good, he's still the He still comes up the with a twist ending. What the twist? That's right, like icy dead people. <laughs> I don't know. Let's get started right out of the gate with a Disney. I, I'm calling it a classic. It's not that old, but it's a great movie. Coco. Yeah, it was, it was a great movie. A uh, story about a kid, you know, trying to find himself, you know, where his place in life. And, he, you know, he meets his hero. You know, they always say, don't meet your heroes. And right. this is a great example of why. It's disappointing. Yeah, but uh, he ends up finding out that his hero is the villain. Which throughout the whole movie, you know, you think, oh, he's some cool guy. You know, he's going to help his grandson because he thought it was his grandson. Turns out he's just the bad guy who stole everything and killed his father. I was going to say, yeah, he's not. I guess we should, you know, we should have started this with a spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. You come to find out that not only is he the bad guy, but yeah, he killed his. Was it his father or his grandfather? It was his father. He killed his father. Yep. So, but uh, (laughs) it's still a good movie. Yeah, it is a great. I movie. love this movie. I love the I love the animation in it. I love the colors in it. Uh, it's it's really cool. Plus, it really keys in 
on the heritage of the Mexican family. Yes. And it talks about, you know, uh, Day of the Dead, and it goes into all of those things. Plus, the music is pretty all right, too. Oh, yeah. So you got to love Coco, okay? Uh, next up, this The Arrival. This was a Jodie Foster movie. Yes. And I'm going to let you kind of talk to this because I've seen parts of it, but I haven't seen the whole thing. So I'll let you take it. Uh, so, so this movie isn't shot in order at all. Um, so it's a movie about um, the arrival of uh, alien spheres that come into uh, all around the world. I think there's 19 in total. And they bring in uh, Amy Adams' character uh, because she's a, a linguist to try to communicate with um, these uh, creatures that are in the spheres. And uh, throughout the movie, you find out that... Um, She's had um, death in her family. She's lost a child. Um, and uh, other uh, main characters uh, also in their stories, they have tragic. And towards the, at the end of the movie, you find out that they don't, they don't talk like how we talk. And they don't see time how we see time. Uh, there, I believe, um, their term for there is like now or something like that. Or, um, you know, it's been a while since I've seen it, so give me a little break here. But um, the twist ending is basically how they can see into the future and they need uh, the human's help to defeat an evil that's coming. And, and that's why they have reached out to them. Yes. Okay. So that one, like I said, not too bad. I can tell you why I haven't seen the whole thing of it. It's kind of a thinker when you're watching it. You know, it's a really, really good movie. I do recommend you watching it, Dave. But um, it's definitely one of those ones where you have to be kind of in the mood for because uh, it's a little bit of a longer movie. But, you know, it's going to make you think. Well, and you're making it sound like that's why I haven't watched it. Because it's a thinker. That's your words, it not mine. No, I'll tell you why. <laughs> and, and, you know, this could be another show for another segment I didn't for another show. I want to say it out loud, um, Dave. <laughs> if I have a list of actresses that I do not like for no apparent reason, Amy Adams is on that list. Well, why? I, I don't know. You know she's from Utah. That's okay, but I still don't like her. Yeah, she used to work at the... Uh, Ogden Rodeo Arena selling yeah. popcorn. I don't like her. I, I did not like for her. I did not like her Lois Lane at all. Okay. And that's where it all started. So, okay. So we, now we got that out of the way. Yeah. Plus, we got another segment for a different show. Yeah. All right. So, The Descent. Now, this is a scary movie, and I can't believe that you've watched it, Ryan. You know, I was forced to watch this, and I'm never going to watch it again. But this movie, you know, it's about a group of uh, friends who go. Um, Spelunking. Yeah, spelunking, caving, exploring. And then, uh, so they go down into this cave. They descend into this cave. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. And uh, basically, um, there are humanoid creatures down there that are hungry. And so, that you know, they start picking them off one by one. Um, and then at the end of the movie, the twist is um, uh, the last remaining uh, girl. I don't remember her name because I don't care. But uh, she wakes up. She sees an opening. She crawls. So she crawls out of uh, the cave. She gets into her her vehicle and she just takes off. She drives a few miles down the road, pulls over, and then everything just kind of hit her. You know, like what happened? All of her friends are dead. Everything. You know, this is crazy. And she's crying. And she looks over to the passenger seat, and it's your dead friend. And it, she wakes up, uh, you know, screaming, and she's back in the cave. And then you hear all the little, all the creatures coming in for her. So it was, it was kind of like a, oh, there's light at the end of the. Nope, nope she did. It's a train. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a train. Um, another one that is a highly acclaimed movie, and this is one of those movies also that I've seen bits and pieces of, but I've never put it all together. And the, with the cast alone, it's a fabulous movie, and that's oh, yeah. The Departed. I love this movie. Uh, it's Yeah, it's got a great cast. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio's in this. Um, it's got Mar, uh, Mark Wahlberg's in it. Uh, Matt Damon's in it. And the man himself, Jack Nicholson's in this movie. So, yeah, um, it's got a great cast. Um, it's a story about um, uh, kind of mob- mobsters in, uh, Bo- in the Boston area. Uh, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is undercover. And at the end of the movie, he gets shot by Matt Damon's character, who is working for the mob. Um, so it's kind of a twist ending there where you find all that out that he's actually the bad guy and he's not trying to help. And then, um, Mark Wahlberg's character kills Matt Damon. <laughs> so, and, and as you said, the, the twist is that, that Leonardo DiCaprio is a cop Yeah, and he doesn't tell anybody through the whole movie. Nope. Now I'm going to have to watch it. Yep. See, and I'm another one of those persons that I can just, I, I spoilers don't affect me. I'm still going to okay. watch the movie. So uh, another one that is a straight-up classic, Citizen, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane, yep. You find out Rosebud is actually uh, a wagon. <sighs> what a what a letdown. <laughs> I know. What Everyone's letdown. like, what is, who's Rosebud? What is Rosebud? And it's, yeah, it's in the wagon. But yeah, this, this movie, for the longest time, was considered the perfect movie. Yes. It, was shot perfectly the story's perfect everything about it was just perfect and then i think there was um i'm not sure when it was a while ago there was another movie that was compared to citizen kane i don't remember what it was but um it was also considered a perfect movie and the thing about it too is the fact that you had Orson it's, Welles. Yeah, it's Orson Welles' magnum opus really yeah this was his first movie he he wrote it he directed it he starred in it it was all him so if you if you have the wherewithal to find that one, let's watch that one as well. I, yep. I would totally agree with you on that one. Uh, another one that's been remade a few times, maybe just one time successfully, I don't know, but Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Planet of the Apes, the old uh, original ones. You find out that he's been on Earth the whole time. They did it. Yep. The you, monkeys took over. You damn dirty apes. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there, there's been a few reboots. You know, the one with... Uh, Mark Wahlberg's character was just horrible. Not good. Yeah, and then the newer one uh, that um, uh, they've rebooted that's come out a little while. It started with um, kind of an origin. Uh, Ed Franco was yeah, in James Fra- Franco. James Franco was in the first of the reboot, kind of how the um, virus started spreading to kill the humans. And then uh, there's been two other movies. I think one came out just to... Just a little while ago, I'm not sure when, but and yeah. there are other ones in the you know I because it was back when the first one was made, it was a whole series. It truly was. I mean, you had what uh, War for the Planet of the Apes and mm-hmm. Empire for the Planet of the of the Planet of the Apes and all those things. So uh, I would I would agree with you. The first one was really good. Charlton Heston can't do any wrong as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the one with Franco was pretty good too. Yes. Not not too bad. All right, another one that is a classic once again. And you got to talk about Psycho when you talk about twist endings. Yeah, yeah. This one has also been remade. Mm, yeah, not very successfully, if you no, ask me. No, But this was like one of the original twist endings where you find out that um, the mother and him are the same person. He's just Psycho. He's just 
good name for a movie. Yeah. So, yeah, great movie. I love this one. Anthony Perkins in this one. Interesting to just kind of see how it all plays out. And there were so many different things that happened in this movie that, you know, um, Alfred Hitchcock was just having fun with and trying different things and, and when he filmed and did different things with it. So. Oh, yeah. So, so a fun fact about the original Psycho is Alfred Hitchcock did not want the uh, the main actress. Janet Lee. Yeah, he did not want her in, her in the movie. And in fact, um, he kind of went out of his way to make her uncomfortable. And then the scene in the, with the shower, with the whole stabbing, she looks horrified because she is, she is horrified because it was a Hitchcock who was the one who was uh, wielding the knife and he's like, I'm going to stab you. So, you know, get out of the way and react the way you should. Yeah. And yeah. So uh, another great movie. Seriously. It, it truly, truly was um, fight club. Fight club. Should we even talk about it? You're not supposed to. That's the first, first rule. rule. <laughs> yeah, but Fight, Fight Club was another good twist ending where you you realize that uh, Brad Pitt character and uh, Edward Norton's character is the same person. And it, and it holds on there until the very end. Uh, one of my favorites, and it's kind of an interesting, it, it definitely is a, a, a mess with your mind movie, was Shutter Island. Yes, Shutter Island was Another crazy. great movie from Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep. And you come to find out at the end, they're they're making him think that he is a detective, yeah, and well, he's trying to solve a murder. Yeah, and come to find out at the end of the movie, he's just a patient. He is just a patient, and this was all a therapy session for yeah. him to try and get out and come back and say, "Yes, this is what happened. I did this. This yeah. is what happened." A great movie. Last Christmas. Amelia Clark. Yes. She was in this one, and you were telling me about it because I have not seen this one. Yeah, so in Last Christmas, it's this, uh, Amelia Clark's character has a heart transplant. So, uh, and then she's working pretty much a dead end job, and she's kind of losing the Christmas spirit. And she meets a guy, and, uh, you know, they hit it off, and they're having fun. Well, at the end of the movie, um, the guy's not real. She's been seeing him. In uh, basically in her mind, uh, basically it's the guy who uh, she has the heart, who she got the heart from. It's him trying to rekindle the Christmas spirit for her. So that is another one, another couple, and we're running out of time. So I'm just going to list some off because I would like to revisit this segment. This was a fun segment. I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, the Usual Suspects, yeah. great movie. Um, the Game, uh, Strangers, The Strangers. If you've never seen The Strangers totally will mess with your mind and there's another one out there with john cusack identity go see those movies if you can find them wherever they're at find them give them a watch you will not be disappointed that's going to do it for us this week next week we will be back and we will be reviewing gran turismo that's right race car movies yep and we'll have ryan do the sound effects once again zoom zoom this has been a fun one we'll do it again next week we'll talk to you later but until then Go see a movie. Go see a movie.